Uh, we started on Sunday morning talking about lordship. And one of the things that I started saying about lordship is that, um, and in the question we've been asking, uh, is Jesus Lord? That's the, that's, the, that's the basis of our study. That's the question that we're asking in this study. This class is entitled, this study, this class is entitled Basic Doctrine. Amen. And so what we're going to be doing, remember, what I'm trying to do with these studies, what I am going to do with these studies is to bring you up to a level of biblical understanding so that your theology, amen, can match up with your life. Uh, what is what is theology? Theology is the study of who? Of God. Amen. The, it is the what? It is the study of God. Amen. And so, therefore, what we have in theology, we have that uh, that one thing that we have going for us in theology is the more you know about God, Amen. The stronger your faith becomes. All right. And so. One of the things that I'm grateful for is I thank God that he's given me the opportunity to school and he's given me the opportunity to take what I've learned in school and apply it in my living. And um, one of the things I've learned to do is I've learned how to live what I believe. And one of the things that I'm that I'm trying to get us to understand this series on lordship is that we have to understand that, first of all, if Jesus isn't Lord, a lot of us say he's this, he's that, he's all that. You know, remember the passage I took you to uh, two weeks ago? I took you to the passage that says, he says that if you say that you're my disciple... Remember that? If you say you're my disciple, what would you do? Hmm? You would follow me, right? I told you he says that no one who puts their hands to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Right? Remember those passages that we went through? Some of you do. I know age has got you, but, uh, you know. And then I told you that Jesus said many in that day will say to me, Lord, come on somebody, Lord, Lord. Now, where I'm going with this doctrine is this. There are a lot of people that call Jesus Lord. All right? They call him Lord. But in their life, all right, I mean, there's, there's no evidence within lives. Now, here's the thing. If Jesus is Lord, it means that what, what is the definition for Lord? What did we say our definition was? If you look at the handout, does everybody have a handout tonight? Go to, go to Luke chapter four, 14 for me. Luke chapter 14. Just kind of reestablish ourselves here tonight. All right? And I told you that the word Lord is mentioned or referred to. Uh, Jesus, in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is referred to as Lord 700. And how many times? 740 times he's referred to as Lord. Now, if we, you know, remember what I, remember I said uh, when I was teaching, when I, when I was teaching on tithing and I told you that there's a reason why 
they did not talk a lot about tithing in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, because it was something that what? Everybody did, right? Everybody knew it. They didn't have to talk about it. It was a, hey, you know what? We know what we have to do, right? Now, here's the thing. Now, with, with lordship now, right? When you said Jesus is Lord, they, I mean, they knew, hey, I, he's my ruler. That, you know, it, it was today when you use the word Lord, what do you get? Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, he's over me, but it had more of a, a meaning then. All right. It, the meaning was more, uh, it had more substance back then. Okay. And so look what Jesus says in Luke chapter 14. What did I tell you to go? Luke 14, 27. And look what it says there. Let's get in the word. I'm getting to my point, but I just want to. 1427. And look what he says here. I, you know what? I was going to go here last week, but I, and this is where I stopped off. Watch what he says here. Back up to verse 24. Now, large crowds were going along with him. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me, got it? Everybody there? Amen. All right. And if not, it's on the screen. Okay. For, he says in verse 26, he says, if anyone comes, what? To me and does not hate his own, what? Father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. See, what, what I, and I know I keep going back to the scripture, but what Jesus was establishing here is he was saying that any other relationship that you have is not as important as the relationship that you have with me. And so if you're saying to me that Jesus is your Lord, but you're putting everybody else before him, or you allow people to put you on a guilt trip, you always a church. You always doing something for the church or, you know, we don't never see you, you know, we family, we supposed to hang out together all the time, but every time we hang out, you want to hang out in church. Why wouldn't you want to hang out in church? That would be my question. Uh, are y'all fo you following me? And so what, what our Lord and savior says, he says, he says, now remember what I said about the word hate, right? It's what? Less, see, I like, if you listen to my podcast, you'll find out I repeat myself constantly. Why do I repeat myself? Because repetition is the key to learning. See, you won't get this in one night. You're not going to get it in two nights. But if you listen to the podcast and you'll hear me repeat myself constantly with the same thing, because it's important for you and I to understand that learning takes place when we constantly keep it before us, right? Jesus says, if you hate them, but it's not hate in the sense that you hate them, but it means what, Leah? Lesser love. That's what it means. What does it mean? Lesser love, okay? It means that my mother and my father is not more important than my Lord. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. My, my wife is not more important than my Lord. My children, and this is Jesus. Now, now you get mad with him. You take that up with him when you get to heaven. 
All right? Because I'm not saying it. I'm not, I'm not the one saying it. He says, now look what he says. Now watch what he says. He says, now here's the interesting thing about this verse. He says, not only brother, mother, wife, father, children, brothers, sisters, but watch, the, watch, watch this. He says, yes, and even what? His own what? So you can't be too much in love with you. <laughs> Remember what I said on Sunday. When self is on the throne, you always in the mirror. Amen. When Jesus is on the throne of your life, it means that no other relationship matters but the relationship that you have with him. And where a lot of believers fall short is that they don't really have a lordship relationship because everything else is coming before him. Come on, somebody, say amen. 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 Like I said, the, the only reason that I'll have to teach on giving again in six months is if Jesus isn't Lord of your life. Because when he's Lord, it means that he has full control of every area of your life and you need no reminders as to what you need to do for your Lord. I wish I had somebody. You see, a person who has Jesus as Lord of their lives, their primary, watch this, motivation for living is for their Lord. Do I have anybody? Can I ask you a question tonight? Who are you living for? It's a good question. And, and, you, and when you answer that question, you can look at your life. Matter of fact, you don't need to answer the question. If you want to evaluate and find out who is your Lord, just look at how you live. Look at your living. Is your, let me ask you something. Is everything that you're doing now, is it to glorify him? Everything. Now, this is a doctrine that's, there's a lot of controversy over it. Because, I mean, look what he's asking me to do. What is he asking me to do? Huh? No, he's not. He's not telling you to give up everybody. He's just telling you to put me first. That's all he's saying. And here's what you find out. Watch this. You want, you want to hear something that's really powerful? Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Watch this. When you place him before all other relationships, then here's what's going to happen. All those relationships will start lining up under him. Your family members will start getting saved. Then they'll understand why you're at the church. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen. Your children will start acting right. Your, come on, somebody. Your mama and daddy will say, you know what? Let me go see what that boy is doing down there at that church. They'll come and hear the gospel. And as a result of that, everyone. Now, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that everyone's going to get saved in your family. But here's the thing. They will see Jesus as first place in your life and therefore they will be attracted not just to you but to your Lord. And then guess what? 
They will want to have him as Lord. Do I have anybody? They will now have him as Lord. They will make him Lord of their lives also. Isn't that what happened to me? Isn't that what happened to you? Listen, Jesus wasn't always Lord of your life. Come on, somebody. Can I ask something? How did he become Lord? Oh, I'm sorry. Is he Lord? You see, we pray that prayer. We say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. But the question is, are you living as if he's Lord? Because watch this. A lot of people get this mixed up. Watch this. And you reevaluate your life. You see, you put, you, listen, we'll do anything for our kids. Let me ask you this question. Would you do the same thing for your Lord? Would you be just as paternal with your Lord? <laughs> if your child calls you right now and says, hey, I need, I need, mama, I'm str- mama, mama, daddy, I need you right now. Okay, let me ask you, are you that way with your Lord? Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Watch what he said. Watch what he said. He says, not just your relationship, <clears throat> but he says, don't be in love with your life so much that you love your life so much that you, watch this, that you put you on the throne. See, he's, look what he says. He says, on even his own life, he says, notice the word that he uses. He says, now this is the part, now now that's this. Let, let me let me ask this question. Is there anything too hard for God? Huh? Is there anything too hard for the believer? Huh? I, I don't I don't think I don't really think so. I don't think there's anything really hard that we can't get over, right? But this is the one place in scripture where it says as a if you're going to be a believer that you cannot be something You see the prerequisite for lordship? The prerequisite for lordship is you have to be a disciple. And in order for you to be a disciple, you have to give up some things. He didn't ask you to give up smoking. He didn't ask you to give up all your bad habits. He just simply says, hey, Put all them relationships. See, this is why a lot of people don't come to church. Because they think that if I go to church, now what I got to do is I got to get it right. That you're talking about morality. He's talking about lordship. And, and I promise you, if you put him first. If you wake up every day with your mind stayed on Jesus, that's not just a cliche. Saying, listen, uh, baby, you know what? Let's get together and let's, let's, let's pray this morning before we leave this house together. Let us, let us put Jesus. You know what? You know what, baby? When we get home tonight, we're going to make Jesus the Lord of this house. And from today on to the day we die, whatever our Lord have a need of, we will be there to provide it. Oh, I want to tell you something. When you switch allegiances, oh my gosh. When you say, God, you can have it all 
and I will put you as first place in my life. He said, you're on to something. He says, then you can be my what? Disciple. Now, you know what a disciple is? Huh? What'd you say? A follower, a person who follows God, follows God, who walks with God. You know what a disciple is? You know I'm going to tell you. A disciple is a learner. That's the Greek word for disciple. (laughs) The more you learn, the more you can follow. See, a lot of people think that you got to follow first. Come on, somebody. You got to learn something about who you're following. Do I have anybody? And when Jesus becomes Lord of your life, amen, and you learn about him and you, you start getting in his word and you start understanding who he is, then you will see that this is the most important relationship that you have on planet earth. That's what Jesus is saying right here. He says, above all relationships, including the relationship with yourself, the most important relationship that you have is with him. Watch what he says next. Verse 27, he says, whosoever, whoever what, does not what? Okay, and come after, notice, come what? Come after me. Notice, notice, notice the second requirement. Now, now this has been a very controversial yet difficult passage to interpret. So let's see. I know we got some Bible scholars in here. So tell me what do you think Jesus is talking about? First of all, he says the relationships need to be what? Put, put in, in the right order, right? But now he says, whoever does not carry what? What does carrying your cross mean? Okay, causing your, bearing your problems, carrying your problems. Okay, all right. Now, now remember, what, remember what happened on the cross. What, what happened on the cross? Jesus carried the what? The weight of sin. And the sins of the world... To the cross. And what he's saying is, you come as you are, but you are willing not to avoid, watch this, the things that's going on in your life to cause you to take your eyes off of me. So you must carry your cross, and while carrying your cross, You what? You come after me. In other words, come as you are 
with what you have, your baggage, your barrenness, your curses, your shortcomings, your sin. And follow me. He says, if you can't carry your own cross, you can't follow me. In other words, you got to be able to take responsibility for the things that happens to you in this life and not complain about it and say, listen, you know what people do? The first thing that something happens when they're carrying that cross, oh, I ain't going to church today. Oh, oh, I, I, I don't think I can go anywhere. You know what? I think I'm going to stay home today. First thing that we do when we when when we when we're carrying our cross is the first thing we want to do is run back. But let me show you that something that's real powerful. Look at verse 28. This verse 28 is so powerful to me. I mean, it is so powerful. It's, it's such a powerful passage because here's what I want to say to everyone here today. It's going to cost you something. Now, notice the context, right? What's the context? The context is talking about sacrifice. Giving up what? The relationships that you hold to and even giving up your own self. And then being able to say, okay, I got to carry my cross myself. Nobody's going to give me anything. I'm not expecting nobody to get. Listen, but, but as a disciple, I'm carrying my own weight. I'm carrying my own load. Now he says, you want me. How many want Jesus? I mean, how many really want him, need him, got to have him? I mean, you just, you cannot live without him. Well, here's what he's saying now in verse 28. He says, you have to first count the cost. It costs you something to follow me. And I think that what we've done in the kingdom of God is we've, we've, we've commercialized salvation. We commercialize it. Come down, come to Jesus and pray the prayer and accept him. And guess what? No responsibility. Come to Jesus, come, follow him, and he's going to make your life all right and no accountability. Oh, they keep calling me. I don't know why they keep calling me from the church, asking me to come, come to this or come to that. Why I got to do all this? Let me tell you something. First of all, the fact that you've been chosen is a blessing. Just remember that. You, God didn't have to choose you. I'm going to say it one more time. And the reason that you've been chosen, heard, why? Why, why? why have I been chosen, heard? Because why? Because he chose me. Okay, because why, Charles Anna? Because why? I mean, I'm sorry, Romans, Romans 10. Remember Romans 10 from seminary? Why? Because you've been what? You've been what? Graft. Come on. You've been what? Why were you grafted in? Because of the mercies of God, I present my body as a living and holy sacrifice, which is acceptable to God, which is my reasonable service. Why? 
Because Israel rejected God. And when Israel rejected God, there was a partial hardening in their hearts. And God said, so now I gave an opportunity for Gentiles to come on in. That's the reason why we can believe today. But look what he says. He says, for which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, I've used this passage out of context, and I got to repent, does not first sit down. You know, I think before we lead people to Christ, we have to talk to them first about the cost. It's going to cost you something. Listen, you don't just get up and accept Christ and think that that's it for you. Listen, there are times when you don't, listen, in a month's time. Okay, I understand things happen in your life. I understand that possibly you can't make it to Bible study or whatever the case may be. But here's the thing, y'all. You should have calculated the cost, and especially if you're a leader. Because if you're a leader and you took the responsibility of being a leader in God's church, you should have calculated the cost. Amen? All of us have to calculate the cost. Because here's the thing. I am a disciple. And he says, I have to first sit down and do what? Calculate the cost to see what? If he has what? Enough. Enough to what? Complete it. Mash or something? Will you complete this journey? With Jesus as Lord? You will complete the journey. We all have an expiration date. <laughs> we will expire one day. But the question that I have for you tonight is, when you get ready to expire, will you still have Jesus as the Lord of your life? Some people say, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor, I don't know. Well, the question I have now for you is, have you calculated the cost because what Jesus is saying, and he clearly said it, nothing is more important than your relationship with him. And I know that sometimes your family members don't understand that. I know sometimes your spouse says, man, you know, I mean, you know, it depends on where they are spiritually. You see, but here's the thing. If Jesus is Lord of your life, guess what's going to happen? Everything is going to fall under his what? Authority. And when everything is under his authority, then you can start doing the things that he has placed in the book for you to do. Only then. But what you have to remember is that you sat down and you said, you know what? Man, it's going to cost me my Friday nights. 
Mm, 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 mm. My gosh. And boy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is what I picture. I don't know if I want to give up them Friday nights. Amen. Because boy, I like I like to dance. I like, man, shoot. I come on somebody. Come on, somebody. I like I like I like certain things on Friday nights. Y'all not trying to hear me, not trying to hear me. You understand what I'm saying? Now watch this. And, and, and I want to say this to you. Don't, don't, don't think that I, I'll say for the majority of you who are sitting here and even listening, okay, he is Lord of your life. Okay, but the question is, how's that looking? I mean, does he have first place? And so you have to sit down. I think this passage is so brilliant the way it's placed because he's saying, yeah, you can come run after me, but you running after me, the question is, before you got involved, did you first sit down and say, you know what? It's going to cost me something. But here's the thing. Here's what somebody would say. Well, pastor, nobody taught us this. Were you ever taught this? What were you told? Just come to Jesus. <laughs> come as you are. But did they ever say that he has to be Lord? I mean, you may have heard it, but what is the meaning? Just like, what does it mean to carry your cross? I'm going to do a piece on that. What does it really mean to carry your I mean, seriously, carry your cross. See? Now watch this. Jesus said, look at verse 29. And this is why I believe that some of us are standing on shaky ground. What does the text say? Otherwise, now let me let me let me decode that for you. Let me decode exegete that for you right now. All right, listen to this. Write this word down. Yeah, that means write it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. testimony. Write that word down for me. So he goes like this. He says, "No one, right?" Verse twenty-eight. For which one of you, when he what wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate what? Uh huh. To see if he has enough to what. So the question I have to, with you, for you today is this. Will you complete this journey, right? Because he goes to the next point, and the next verse, and he says, because, because if you don't sit down and first calculate the cost, otherwise, when he has laid the foundation, listen, you're building your Christian life right now, right? Okay, check this out. You're building. You're trying to figure it out. You're praying when you can. You're reading when you can. You know, you're showing up to church when you can. Amen. You know, you're, you're trying your very best. You, you call it your best. 
Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. But if your job was to call you, oh, man, I'm there. He says, you built on something and is not able to what? Finish. May I say this to you? If Jesus isn't Lord, you'll never finish. And so what he's saying is, from the Homeboy Study Bible, he's saying this. He's saying, listen, if you don't give up your your family, your friends, and even yourself, carry your cross, okay, then sit down and say, okay, it's going to cost me this, it's going to cost me this, cost me that, okay? And you start building your Christian life on anything else other than him, you're going to fall. And you're going to keep, listen, some of us are like this. We start well and we stop. We start well and we stop. We have pockets of seasons and seasons that we go through. I wouldn't even call them seasons. I call it your foundation. And the reason why I wanted to teach basic theology and doctrine to you is because I've seen as your pastor in your life that your foundation needs to be redone. Give God a hand clap of praise for that. Some of you have been saved a long time, but your foundation got cracks, boo. Amen. You need some jacking up and you need to put some new beams under there because your, your, amen. Because your foundation is, guess what? There's some cracks in there. Matter of fact, your house is leaning to the side. Because there are times in the journey where you're like, man, forget that. Forget that. But Jesus is saying, watch this. You come outside and you say, I'm a Christian. Family, friends, neighbors, and children, and even to yourself. And now you're walking around as a Christian, right? You're walking around, but here's the thing. You're not finishing anything. And guess what's happening? People are watching you. And guess what they're saying? If that's what a Christian looks like, I don't want it. Testimony. And how you build your Christian life is by making Jesus one. Above everything. Can you live your everyday life and still keep him as Lord? It's not hard. It's not hard at all because when the Holy Spirit gets hold of you, I told you Sunday, you have God inside of you. And it's the Holy Spirit who will guide you and push you and protect you and give you wisdom and show you the word of God tonight. You have to decide tonight. Amen. You have to decide tonight. Is he Lord? Because if he isn't, then possibly you have not calculated the cost. And as a result of that, the people that are looking at you, they're doing what? 
they begin to what? Ridicule you. You know what that is? Talk about you. Laugh at you. Ah, oh, look at him. He said, yeah, you, you didn't want nothing to do with me when you were going to your church, remember? So guess what? Don't try to come back now. Don't try, don't try to be my homeboy now. Don't try to, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, we ain't going there. See? But he says, if you keep me as Lord, you'll never have to go back. Matter of fact, when he saves you, you don't have to go back. The world doesn't recognize you anymore. Because the world does not recognize the spirit of God that's in you. What I told you Sunday, that the world cannot receive him, nor, watch this, nor appreciate who he is. But you can. See, but saints, you have to think about the cost. Listen, there's some people you don't have to cut off. You're like, man, but you don't understand. You know, you know what? If those people have such a hold on you, they're your Lord. If your job has that much hold on you, that's your Lord. If your children have that much hold on you, they are your Lord. Would you do the same thing for Jesus? See? Lordship. Now watch this. Go to our handout. Mm, 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 mm. Golly. That's pretty deep, ain't it? Go to, uh, you know what, do this for a minute. Go, go to Second go to Corinthians chapter 5. Let me encourage you. I, st- I opened you up. Let me. Let me put a little medicine in you. <laughs> Second Corinthians five. Now, now, any questions? Any? I mean, any questions? I mean, what do you tell me? What you're thinking? Tell me what I know. You're thinking something. I mean, tell me what you think. What you thinking? Tell me what you thinking. You look like you were thinking about something. No, you don't have to hate. Make him priority. And remember this, as you transform, your relationship with them is going to become better because you're better. Right? And then as they see your change, they're going to say, oh, yeah, they got enough to complete it. They, okay, so okay, so you gave us up, Right? <laughs> Because that's how people feel when you first get saved. You know what I mean? They really feel like you gave them up, okay? Especially family members because you're spending more of your time where? At the church. Why? Because you're getting fed, you're, getting, you're growing. They don't understand your transformation, but what they don't realize is God is at work in you, right? And then when you go back into their presence, right, here's the thing. You should be better. 
and they should see your change. And then even though they talk crazy to you, you're still, you're able to handle them in a certain way. Amen. So that your testimony does not what? Get tarnished. See? All right. Anybody else? Tell me what you think. Tell me. Because, you know, this, this is some heavy, this is some heavy, it's a heavy doctrine. Yes. So a lot of a lot of times we're we're always leading people to Christ. Yes. So to say, how do you understand that? To say, okay, you know what? You got to come to Christ. You got to. It's kind of like I'm getting the idea of them sitting down, calculating. Should I do this? Should I? No, not like that. Not like that. You know, no, what you, what you, I think that's why when you lead people to Christ, you have to say to them first of all, do you see yourself as a sinner? That's entry point. Okay, and and not not say well, uh, you know you want you know what you're going through this marital issue, and guess what? If you accept Jesus, he's gonna, you know, make it better, right? You you have to, right? You do because that's what he's saying. He says if you're gonna be my disciple, you got to remember that. And so when you when you lead a person to Christ, you say here's here's how it works. And I think that we next year when we start doing outreach, okay, we, we have to present it like this. First of all, you have to see yourself as a sinner. That's number one. Number two, you must make Jesus Lord of your life. That's how we're going to say it. What does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. That means that these relationships that you have now with the world, with your family, with, with, with your job, with everything, it has to come second. See, now, now I'm sitting there, you're saying, I don't know about that. Now, you know what you're doing? You're separating the men from the boys. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're, you're separating a false convert from a true convert. That's what you're doing. Because if I tell you the truth, see, we were... Tr- what we've done evangelically in the Western worldview is we're trying, Jesus said, go into the highways and byways, you know, go and preach the gospel all over the world, right? We're doing that, but we're producing, if you read God had a wonderful plan for your life, we're producing more, watch this, we're producing more apostates and more false conversions than we are producing true disciples. True disciples said, Man, it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me something. And, and, and listen, here's the cost. Making Jesus Lord of your life. Would you like to do that today? Make Jesus Lord of your life. What does that mean? It means that he's first. Now, that changes the game. You're like, yeah, I want to do that. Okay. You, you, okay, that's fine. You understand the cost now, right? Okay, no, not fully, but you, you know you got, I said one thing. You have to make him what? Lord. You got to put him first. Are you willing to put him first? I think if we start really presenting the gospel that way and saying, man, are you ready to make Jesus first place in your life? Like, I don't know about that. Not right now. Okay, brother, keep coming to Bible study. You follow what I'm saying? Or keep keep coming to 
you know, keep coming to worship, and eventually God will touch that person's heart. Remember, God's going to save. We, 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 we're not, we're not, we don't, we're not the ones saving them. But what we can do is eliminate motives. You have to put them first. Some people are not ready for that, especially young people today. They're not ready to pick him first. Why? Because they're like, man, I still want to have fun. Uh-huh. Say, say that one more time. Uh, many times when we're leading people to Christ, young adults or teenagers, um, they only accept Christ because of what they're going through at the time. They're not really true converts. So that I like how you said that we have to tell them to make Jesus, well, ask, ask them if they want to make Jesus Lord of their life. Listen, you know what? Out of all the doctrines I've taught, it seems like everyone I go to from the tithing to this is controversial because it's because here's what it is also. It's faith alone, Jesus plus nothing. All right? Jesus plus nothing. So, in other words, because you got to be careful right here, right? Because if I say you got to make him Lord, you're thinking, man, I got to do some stuff. You have to do anything but believe. But what you must do is start living life where he has first place in everything. When my pastor explained to me that day, and I'm going to get that, man, I got to get that graphic on the screen, where he showed me, this is you with self on the throne. And everything was in chaos. And then he says, this is with Jesus as Lord. He put a J on the seat. Everything came into balance. See, what I want to say to you is this. When you make Jesus Lord, everything in your life will start falling into place. Amen? You know why? Because he's the cosmic glue that holds everything together in your life. So it's not no bad thing that you're doing. So I want to get that straight now. Okay? It's not no, well, oh, well, you know, I'm just giving up all this. No, 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 no. When you make him first in your life, everything starts falling into place because you have returned back to watch this, to the one who came to save you. See? And so, and he's sitting in heaven right now saying, go on, pastor, preach that thing. <laughs> Amen. It's been a while since anybody talked about me as Lord, just like I'm preaching about the Holy Spirit on Sundays. You know why I'm teaching these doctrinal things? Because I want you to know them. I want you to have a vibrant, powerful, joyous relationship with him. It doesn't mean that it's going to come easy. But if you learn right now at the beginning that I'm going to calculate the cost to see if my foundation is laid right. Come on, somebody. And some of us, we just need to rip out our foundation because we were taught a different way. We were taught, put Jesus whenever he's get there, whenever we get to church. You know, we're taught, okay, the only time Jesus is Lord when you come to church and have a good time. Oh, the spirit was there. 
Listen, when you don't feel like it, is the spirit still there? See? But if G- when your bills ain't paid, is Jesus still there? When stuff gets tough in your life, is he still Lord? You know what I do when I get there? I bring my bills and I say, Lord, this is, these are yours. <laughs> Amen. Lord, we need to pay this. But the reason I can do that, and listen, and he answers like in a day or two. You know why I can do that? Because he's Lord. And every slave that serves his master, he doesn't have to worry about what? Taking care of himself if Matthew 6.33 is applied to his life. Seek ye first. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. That's my next doctrine I'm going to teach you about putting the kingdom first. Right? Making him Lord is one thing, but being part of the kingdom is something else principles to live by in the kingdom. Now watch what he says. He says he does not observe. He says he has enough to finish it, right? But go here for me. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thoughts on this? Thoughts on this? I need you. need to know what you're thinking because I want to make sure that we're, we're getting it. Anybody else want to share your thoughts on, on, on what we've talked about so far as lordship? And anybody else? Comment or whatever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mother's death and so forth, and we're going to say sometimes. And both times, if you and those church folks, mm-hmm, you, know, mm-hmm, church, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it's just right. what you said. Right. They, of course. Why? Because they don't recognize. They don't know. Well, they don't know Jesus. And when you don't know Jesus, guess what? You don't know. You're in darkness. And guess what? When I was unbeliever, I said the same thing. I said, man, I ain't going around them people. Man, they too loud. They just make too much noise. They don't even know what they're talking about. But what I found, when I found, when I stumbled upon this gem of a doctrine, lordship, I said, Lord, I'm going I'm to try it. I'm going to see. Put you first. Put you first. When I got off of work, I didn't go home. I drove straight to the church. I had keys. Eventually, they gave me keys. I was like, this guy here, he just keep hanging around the church. Okay. I come, I got, I come straight from work to the, to the church and sit in the parking lot waiting for the doors to open. Okay. Now, what was I doing? I was learning. I was growing, but I was getting to the place where I was getting stronger. But then I found, I stumbled upon the doctrine of lordship. I was like, man, so this is what it means. Because I couldn't understand how could I hate my wife when you just told me, husband, love your wife. Duh. You see what I'm saying? Honor your parents. That's what you told me to do. But now in the same breath, you're telling me to hate them? No, no, no. That guy, that's something wrong with that. I don't understand that. I don't understand that doctrine. So I started to dig. And then I understood what it meant. It's not putting them, making them, you know, less than what they are. It's making him more than what they are. Because they are not on the same level as him. And when I made him Lord, I was able to change my character so that I could treat people differently. 
See, there are benefits with this thing. Because, because watch this verse. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Actually, back up to verse 6. 16. What does it say? And there's two therefores. See? We recognize no one according to the what? Right? Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way what? You know what he's saying? When you made him Lord, you be, when you accepted him, you have a different relationship with him. You know him in the spirit realm because the spirit of God lives in you. So you don't recognize Jesus in the flesh because you've never seen him in the flesh. But as an unbeliever, you heard about Jesus. But when you experience Jesus for yourself, now you know what everybody else been talking about. Because, not just because of the next therefore. Watch the next therefore. He says what? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is what? A new creature. All things have what? Passed away. And behold what? New things have come. See? So if Jesus is Lord, you should recognize him is what he's saying. Not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So in the spirit, you're saying, Jesus, you're Lord. And I can recognize that because simply because I've surrendered my life totally over to you. Real quick as we close. Uh, go to that Psalm 16 for me. I'm sorry to re- return here. But I just want to just show you this. It's really powerful, really powerful. Psalm 16 and verse 1 too. Look what it says. He says, preserve me, O God, for I take refuge, what? Go on to the next verse. I said to who? To who? You are, you are tonight, tonight, tonight. Can I ask you a question? Who's controlling your life? Who's running it? Who's who's ruling it? Is it you? Is it at your own hands? Do you know when I was running my life, I made a mess of it? But when I made Jesus Lord... I've accepted everything that comes with lordship because I've calculated the cost. He says, I have no good beside you. You know what, you know what David, you know what David was going through right now? He's in a battle. 
And he realized that above everything else that he had in his life, he was anointed king, but not yet appointed. Can you imagine? You know you're going to be great, but you can't get to that greatness. Because right now you're in a temporary delay, but you know that you know. See, and when you know, when Jesus is Lord of your life, you have to remember that you're destined for greatness already. See, that's why I preached uh, right before I started preaching. Remember what I preached before, before empowered? What did I preach before empowered? Step up. You know why I was preaching on step up? See, I put thought into everything I do. I don't just go home and just open the Bible and say, okay, that's what I'm going to preach today. Because I want you to know how special you are. I want you to know that you are destined for great things, but you will never achieve it if you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't recognize him, build a relationship with him. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the two most important things that you have going for you right now are those two things. Nothing else. Your job is none of that. None of it is more important than what you have going eternally. See? He says, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? Old things have what? Passed away and behold what? New things have come. Right here, it says, a Lord is someone with what? Authority, control, or power. All right, I want you to get this now. What is a Lord? What is a Lord? A one, someone who has authority, control. You, you ever heard of this? God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I do whatever you want. It's a song. Okay, it's, and then guess what? If I asked you to go to Africa, would you go? Like, well, let me let me pray about that, Pastor. Let me let me just let me just let me just pray about that. <laughs> would you give up everything you have for the one who has authority, control, and power over you? No, probably not. But in the book of Acts, go to Acts chapter two for me. Let me show you what it looks like. Let me show you what it actually looks like to make Jesus Lord. See, this is where, this is where it's at, right here. And I'm going to sit down, y'all. I'm free. I know you haven't had enough. Go, go to verse... Um, go to verse... Go to verse 43. Now back, back up for a minute. Verse 42. Make, yeah. 
does it say? Keep going. Stop right there. You know, I always read this passage and I always ask myself a question. Could I do that? Could I just give up everything I have to do that? And every time my answer is no. I just can't see myself just selling all my stuff. I mean, why did they just sell all their stuff? I mean, didn't they have jobs? I mean, let's, yeah, they did. They had jobs. These are people. So listen, in the Bible time, you got to understand, they're no different than us. These are regular people like you and I. They had jobs. They had families. They had, they had all kinds of stuff. And guess what? I've seen this happen in the body of Christ today. But, but watch this, with false teachers who've led people to sell all their stuff only to, only to buy a building and then all of a sudden the building is gone now. And those people gave up their lives from different places throughout the United States and guess what, they were fooled. Okay, I've seen cults do this. The question I have for you as a, as a Christian, if I were to ask you this question tonight, what have you really given up? I, I, I stopped drinking. That, that, that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. You go keep drinking. God, you're not doing God any favor. You're killing your own body. That's, that's on you. You keep doing what you do. Question is, what have you really given up? What has it cost you? See? Has there been any cost to this relationship? Because in every relationship, there's a cost. In every in marriage, there's a cost. What have we really given up? And in the book of Acts, the text says they took all their stuff, they sold it, they brought it to the apostle's feet. And watch what it says here. And it says, verse 46, and day by day, continuing with one mind in the what? You think they didn't have jobs? You know what they, you know what these people did? They're like, man, forget all this. Now watch this. Watch this now. Oh man, this is going to bless you. When they had Jesus physically with them and do nothing. They hadn't given up anything. The 12 disciples did. They, they left their what? They left their nets. Jesus called them. They were commissioned. But guess what? From the time he died, they ran right back to it. And without the Holy Spirit, it was impossible for them, watch this, to do this. 
but they had to make him Lord. When Jesus is Lord, nothing that you have, will, you will look at everything you have as it belongs to him. Lord, you have a need of it? There it is. That's what true lordship is. It's saying, God, you have a need of it. It's yours. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. God, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Why? Because you have full authority, control, and power over me. Who's controlling you? You? And in the husband and wife relationship, you get to really see who's in control. Amen. If the wife does not submit, and if the husband does not love in, with submission, then you see there's a power struggle there. And that's sometimes how we are with Jesus. We hand him our lives and then we take it back. We hand him our lives this week, we take it back. Because if he's Lord, listen, stop allowing people to get you to believe that what you're doing is wrong. Because you've committed your life to Jesus. You've made him Lord. Amen. Look what he says. He says here, he says, and they were what? Day by day, continuing in the temple, break, one, in one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. And they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Pr- what, praising who? And having favor with all people. And what? And, and, and how did they refer to him? As what? The Lord was what? Adding to their number what? Day by day, those who were being what? Saved. Now, here's the example they gave, and I'm done. These people had jobs, they had lives, they had children. They sold it all to follow Jesus. You know what Jesus was saying? You know what Jesus wants from us? No attachments. Attached to him. Now, I don't know what happened historically to them after, but I'll tell you one of the things that did happen to them. They were persecuted. They were scattered. After, so at, this is the beginning of the church. So at first, everything was good. They were having a good time. And then persecution came. But when the persecution happened, They went to other cities and watch this. That's how the gospel got out. See, Stephen was stoned to death. And upon Stephen's stoning, the people were scattered. And they went into those cities and guess what they started to do? Listen, they did not, listen. Oh man, listen. When they faced the persecution, They didn't say, I ain't going to this church no more. I'm not following Jesus no more. Why why I got to have? See, the problem with, with this, with Christians today, is that they want such a comfortable life. Whereas the first century Christian, they suffer to get us where we are today. 
So yeah, you're going to have some bumps in the road. But you got to calculate the cost. And you got to say to yourself, man, I'm going to follow him no matter what happens. I'm going to stand upon this word of God. I have the I have the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. And I have Jesus as my Lord. Give God a hand clap.